All right, welcome in to Vision Pros Live. With Jackson Callum, I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guests, guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Ultimately, I just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your vision. So if you have a vision that you're pursuing, drop a link in the comments and let us know what that is. If that's a business or a brand, um, if it's a nonprofit that you run, be happy to promote it, be happy to talk to you about it. And if you'd like to apply to be on Vision Pros and be interviewed about that vision, then by all means, feel free to reach out. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Vision Pros Live. I'm really excited to be here. As always, I've got an excellent guest on deck. He's going to be a lot of fun to talk to. We're talking about something extremely controversial in the market right now. We're talking about automation, right? And some of us, you know, <laughs> some of you are just going to leave right now because you're like, I don't want to talk about automation. We have enough. But listen, that's how we breathe. We breathe thanks to automation. All right. We think and we, may, we take turns as human beings. There's so much automation. We multitask with lots of different things going on around us. And so there's, there's certainly a lot of automation tricks and spam and negativity and unethical things that are being practiced out there. But at the end of the day, automation is simply a fire. It is simply a resource. And whether we use it for good or for bad is up to you as an individual and up to me as a provider as well. How are we going to utilize this stuff to expand our visions and help people with their growth. So without further ado, I'm going to bring my friend Art Hoffman on. I'm excited to talk to him about what he's doing in the world of automation and how it can ultimately help visionaries expand their visions and business owners, professionals expand their lead gen opportunities as well. So Art, welcome to Vision Pros Live. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to, we're going to get started with a question about strangers. And I want to talk to you about this because there's a lot of psychology behind what we do, you know, and why is it so scary, right? We're talking about automation. We're talking about LinkedIn and we'll come back to what your brands are, but I want to talk first about this. Why is it so scary for people in general to target strangers with their marketing? Why do you think that is? It's the fear of the unknown, fear of rejection. It's, I think it's what we all inherit, inherently feel as human beings when it comes to, we don't want to be told no. We don't want to be not liked. We don't want to be ignored. We we want to be seen. We want to we want to get those likes on our Facebook accounts and all the rest of the, the images that we put out there. And you know that to use the today's terminology, we want to go viral, right? We want we want everybody to see us and we want everybody to recognize us. And unfortunately, when you're talking to a stranger, you don't know how they're going to react. We know how our family is going to react. We know how our fan our friends are going to react. But I think when it comes to people that we don't know and you know, diving into, say, a target demographic that maybe you think is the right thing, you really just don't know until you get in there. And that's what I think everybody fears. And it's the, I think it just comes back to you. It's the fear of rejection. It's the fear of being told no, and nobody wants to have that happen. I think, I think you're right. I think that has a lot to do with it. For most, for most people, and generally speaking, I think that is a great reason why people, and some people may, might attempt to take a, a type of high road where they say, well, I don't target or, you know, one, I don't target people. It's just a word, guys. Um, you know, it's, it's a game of semantics. We're talking about reaching out. We're talking about potentially helping people. And we're going to go into a question about that. But I do think that that some people feel like, well, 
I don't help strangers because I have no relationship with them. And therefore, you know, who am I to provide a solution to a complete stranger? Right. Well, you know, I don't know. It depends on your background, perhaps. And in my background of religion, you know, I am my brother's keeper, you know, and that that brother expands beyond my my basic family. So with that said, uh, I have my reason. But why do you believe or why should we be targeting strangers? Everybody's a stranger until they're not. Okay, that's as simple as it comes until until you introduce yourself to someone, until you put yourself out there, until you say hi, hello, nice to meet you. What can I do for you? You're everybody's a stranger at that point. And then they become not a stranger anymore. And to your point earlier, you know, yeah, you're your brother's keeper. I get that. And that is what, you know, we were meant to do. Um, I don't think that we as human beings, being the social people that we are, uh, we're meant to just sit back and walk past every other human being on this planet and never interact with them. That's just not how we're, we're built. And I think to be helpful in any way, shape or form, uh, put yourself out there as being of assistance, being that, you know, that resource to someone may not be now, may not be a year from now, but at some point in time, they're going to look back and go, hey, I remember when Art said this or when when Jackson said that. And he was he was truly honest about it. Now is the right time. So guess what? I'm going to reach back out. And all of a sudden, again, they're not a stranger anymore. So we're only strangers until we're not. That's it's that simple. Well said. So. Art Hoffman, a.k.a. Will Rogers, um, right? <laughs> Never met a person I didn't like. I like to be friendly and make friends with individuals. I love it, man. Um, so if you don't know the Will Rogers reference, you know, let me date myself. Um, you know, Go back and look up who Will Rogers was. Um, some of you youngins would benefit tremendously from learning about that man. So NLink Advisors, you're CEO of NLink Advisors, and you're the co-creator of ColdClick. Um, I'd love to know more about that, or rather, I'm sorry, the creator of Cold Click. Yeah, um, I, if, talk if, about you can, if you consider my wife owning half of it as being co-creator, why not? Um, no, it's it's well, for all intents and purposes, I, I did create the process, and um, we'll start with InLink Advisors. InLink Advisors was the, the marketing company that I created to kind of just encompass um, what Cold Click is all about. Uh, so it kind of holds on to cold click and holds on to some other things that we're, we're working on. But basically, it's it's a marketing company for using LinkedIn for lead generation. OK, and everybody talks about how popular that has become and how saturated it could be and all these other kinds of things. And I'll argue with you if, if it is saturated, then meeting somebody in a bar is even more saturated. OK, and even um, what it, meeting somebody in a bar is even ah, more. saturated. Oh, right. Okay, then then cold prospecting on something awesome. like LinkedIn. So um, InLink Advisors is the, is our company. That's our marketing entity, if you will. Uh, cold Click is the process that we employ on LinkedIn for lead generation. We're trying to not cold call because nobody loves doing that, but yet you're still cold outreaching to people within a target demographic to do nothing more than introduce yourself, your product, your service whatever it might be to strike up that conversation, right? You're, you're trying to say, hey, this target demographic is who I want to get to. I need to start talking to those people to find out if my product or service is right for them and if they're interested in my product or service. So let's figure that out. And that's what cold click is. It's using 100% LinkedIn to do that. We do it strictly through the direct messaging platform and things like events 
uh, webinars, those types of things on the platform as well. Uh, to just once again get your idea your product your service out there so that you can introduce yourself to other to as many people as humanly possible that might be interested in what you have to offer love it we're going to circle back to that uh going down the vision route your jersey stands out to me the one behind you the hoffman jersey Uh, absolutely uh so you've gone from obviously playing sports at some level which i'd love to hear about love the audience to understand and uh, who your coaches were are certainly hot topics that I'm excited for people to hear about. And then, you know, of course, the vision of shifting to uh, the process of, you know, okay, how did I go from sports to blessing people's lives in the form of of helping them understand how to connect with their audience in a yeah. way that allows them to grow their businesses? So let, let's hear it, man. You got it, man. I'll give you I'll give you the short and nitty gritty of my very very blessed life. So if you if you actually pan out a little further over here on this far right side of me that right there that was a movie i was in and if i can do this correctly that right there with the blue hat is me um i was a child actor i grew up in southern california my parents lived in san Fernando valley area and i always begged to be on the camera um my parents fought against it and they said hey you can start modeling so i did a bunch of modeling as a kid everything you could possibly imagine i was one of those kids in miller's outpost for example that were in the store so you walk in there you see those posters that was me um yeah i was also the kid in the underwear ads on jc penny's you know Sunday Sundays, okay that was me too um i tried out for oscar wiener and i didn't get it there you go there you go so i i was a child actor that for lack of a better way of putting it was i was successful i my claim to fame uh, was i was winnie cooper's boyfriend on the wonder years for a couple episodes um, that was kind of the, not the pinnacle of my career, but it was one, it was a point that people recognize and they understand. And I think back and I go, okay, so I had this, this childhood where my parents allowed me to pursue all the dreams and passions and hopes that I wanted to. Um, I had a successful career in acting. I started playing football when I got to high school. Uh, I was successful enough doing that in high school that I decided, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be stupid enough to walk on at Colorado state and, try to get playing time, right? 5'11", white kid, for lack of a better way of putting it, who was really fast, really smart, had good hands, and ran great routes as a wide receiver. So yours truly walks on, and I got to come in the year that Urban Meyer was my freshman year football coach as a wide receiver. And I was shadowing him because I came in on a non-athletic scholarship. I was there with no scholarship at all. So I was basically a walk-on. I came in in the fall of 1994, and I basically shadowed Urban Meyer around the practice field, for lack of a better way of putting it, for the better part of that season. I didn't play. I wasn't even on the team at that point. I walked on in the spring. And I basically just sucked it all up, right? Listen to everything as much as you possibly can. Didn't realize he was going to go on to the things that he did and that our school was going to go on to. it. That was a bit the first year right after they had um, done pretty decent. Uh, Sonny Lubick was our head coach. Um, and then that particular season, they won the WAC championship for the first time in school history. So that was a big deal. Then spring ball rolls around and I walk on and I, you know, I, I'm out there playing. And again, I'm in shorts that are bigger than me because they were probably built for a 300 pound lineman. Um, and I felt like the first day I was so nervous that I felt like I dropped every freaking ball. Okay. Um, I was running routes, I was doing everything, but I felt like I dropped 900 of the thousand passes that were thrown to me that day. And I'm walking off the field, I'm super dejected, and I hear somebody trotting up behind me, and it was Coach Myers. And he comes up, 
and looks down at me and he goes, uh, hey, son, you want to play football here at Colorado State? And I said, yeah. And he goes, catch the ball. He put an explicative in between catch the ball, but catch the ball. Okay. He trots off. That was the end of the story. That was all I needed. I just needed one person to point me in the right direction and say, hey, just do your thing. Long story short, many, many years pass. I was special teams player of the year one year with another gentleman on our team. Uh, a lot of the guys that I played with ended up going off to play in the NFL, guys you recognize. Uh, Joey Porter and Clark Higgins of the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, were probably two of the, some of the prominent ones. Um, but then everybody obviously went their separate ways. So I graduated college um, where I met my wife at the time. And we said, hey, let's move down to Phoenix, Arizona. Here we are 25 years later. Um, not my wife still. However, I've got three wonderful kids because of it. And we get down here and I say, um, all right, well, I guess I better find something to do with my time. And she comes home as a uh, teacher that was doing her student teaching, not getting paid. And I'm fresh out of college. This is January of 1999 uh, without a job for two weeks. Right. And she's like, are we are you going to find a job so we can like have money coming through the door? And I said, yeah, I guess. So I ended up falling into the financial advisory world, ironically. So um, I interviewed at places like Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley and UBS and all the rest of them. And Morgan Stanley was the first company to offer me a job. So I, I took it. Um, and spent four years there, ended up being recruited back over to Merrill Lynch for six years after that. Then I took my practice independent back in 2009. Real quick question, Art. So these financial advisors that exist right now, are they the types of people that would benefit from LinkedIn automation? Without a doubt. That's probably 50% 50 of our clients right now are financial advisors, insurance, realtors, things like that. So yeah, that makes sense. So and three experts. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I take my practice independent and 2014, 15 rolls around and I'm like, I got to start bringing in some more clients. I got to figure out a way to use something. So I went back to my old cold calling techniques and that's where I built everything was when I was a financial advisor. I had a process for everything. So if you, you, if I called you and you didn't answer, you went into this file. If I called you, you answered and said yes and you went here. Said no, you went there. I had a whole process for it. So I started looking around at doing that potentially again. And I realized real quickly with the do not call list, you couldn't get very far. So somebody pointed me towards LinkedIn and I said, great, let's try it out. So I got on the LinkedIn and I started applying the same concepts, but using nothing more than the direct messaging platform. Okay. So as I went through and built this out from 2015 to 2017, I started realizing very quickly that the targeting and demographic information on LinkedIn is priceless. And if you have a process around it, you're going to get in front of the right people for whatever product or service that you're looking for. The hardest part was following up. And I will tell you this, this is a phrase that I came up with years ago, sales fail when you don't follow up. So if you're out there selling anything yourself, product, service, or whatever, you have to be the shiny object. And I tell people that all the time. You've got to be the one to call back, to re-engage, re to send them something, email them, call them, whatever the case is. So I started coming up with that whole system in the background. That's all part of Cold Click as well, is that follow-up process. And ultimately, when you go through and implement these things religiously, to say the least, you're going to find yourself with a snowball effect of a prospect pipeline that is so full that you probably couldn't get through it all in a lifetime. And that's the idea, okay? So 
that's where cold co came from. They came from my cold calling techniques. And about a year and a half into it, one of my buddies in my office came in. And he says, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just cold clicking. And he's like, cold clicking? What the heck is that? And I said, well, I'm not cold calling. I'm just clicking online. You know, I'm, call I'm clicking on, on LinkedIn. And he's like, that's pretty cool. And so, you know, about a, a year or so passes. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, let's try and trademark it. My wife convinced me to get it, try to get it trademarked. And yes, here we are, cold click. It's trademarked. It's mine. Um, but the idea is still the same. You have to have a process and you have to have a process from beginning to end. And here's what I also figured out going back to my blessed life. I've had coaches throughout my entire career, parents, mentors, acting coaches, football coaches, coaches within my industry for uh, financial advising, teaching me how to run meetings, how to make cold calls, how to present certain products, you name it, how to be a manager. All of these things had coaches. I had, I had coaches towards the, even the end of my financial advisory stuff. I still have a coach now. And the whole purpose of that is that we need that guide. We need somebody to hold us accountable. We need somebody to you know, teach us things that we may be missing because of our own blind arrogance, whatever the case might be. And that's where, you know, cold click comes in as well. I'm not here to tell you that I reinvented the wheel because I didn't. All I did was found a very efficient way to use it and everybody can. So again, if somebody wants to do this, they can, they could go create this own, their own system. They could be sequenced however they wanted to. It could say whatever messaging they wanted to. But the problem is, Everybody does not want to do that. All they want to do as salespeople in general is talk to people about their product or service. So with the hope that they can close that business and make them a client, that's all they care about. Okay. They don't want to do everything else that comes before that, which is a process that if I illustrated it for you, it would blow your mind. Cause you'd be like, Oh, you're right. I've got to, find my target demographic. I've got to go in and send the messages. I've got to reply to people that re reply to me. I got to reply to the people that don't reply to me. I've got to put those people in this. I mean, the process, it could be endless and it's repetitive. It'll go on and on and on and on and on as long as you want it to. Um, so that's the, the concept. Behind it. That's, that's where it came from. That's awesome. Elon Musk uh, described that process, the pre-process you're talking about as eating glass. Yes. Um, and link, linked, you know, LinkedIn zone, Reed Hoffman defined it as pushing a plane off of a cliff and repairing it as it's going down. Yeah. Um, right. It, it in, is a lot. In flight or in fall, whichever you want to do, you're going to be, you're going to be trying to build the plane as you're falling. I agree. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, wise words, wise words and your wise words, your quote, sales fail when you don't follow up. I was uh, meeting today with the one of the founders of Flowchat, Sean Malone. We had a great conversation. One of the things I love about their program as well is that they have an amazing email nurturing sequence. And yeah. I happened to catch one of the case studies because I was evaluating. Is this a newsletter I want to see regularly or is this one that goes to that filtered messaging? Right. I mean, it was really on point. I was I was shocked. And so I, I watched the interview a little bit, skipped ahead. But this lady said on there. You know, she's talking about all the secrets to success and she has this amazing case study with them. And, you know, but she she it's not the case study. She says it point blank on the interview. The key is follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. You know, nobody wants to hear that. I even asked my team. I asked five people what was the key to her success. Nobody heard it, even though she said it four or five times in a row. Yeah. Right. It is her corporate sales background and her ability to follow up that yep. ultimately drives the business forward. But 
it is so helpful when you can automate these initial sequences that can be such a distraction and a nuisance from our ability to be consistent. You know, if we're stuck, you know, writing the, the addresses on the envelopes or we're stuck dialing the system, right? I'm not a bad person just because I don't want to push the buttons anymore. I want a system to automate that, that ability to get to the next person. So yeah, I know I love, I love what you're doing Um, to piggyback on that a little bit from my own LinkedIn starting point. I was with restaurant connect. This was almost, I don't know, like 10 years ago, eight years, something like that. It all gets, becomes a blur, but I uh, realized a little LinkedIn hack. I real I thought, you know what, before I became productive, I was looking at who was viewing my profile. You know, I was addicted to it. I love to see like, who's seen my profile? You know, this makes me feel important. So I'll just go ahead and waste some time (laughs) looking at that list, maybe make something happen. And then it dawned on me, I'm probably not the only person who does this. So I started to open restaurant owners profiles but I would just open as fast as I could 100 profiles boom, 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 boom. and I would click and close 100 profiles. The hardest thing that we had with selling our software was we couldn't get past the darn gatekeepers. And yeah. so now that I've done that, I would look the next day and see who's looked at my profile or the same day. And sure enough, five or six owners had looked at my profile and I would call the restaurant and I would say, hey, um, you know, I'm calling to talk to John. Um, he was just checking out my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Um, you know, can I, can I find out if there's anything I can help him with? They would put me right through and yeah. I would get to John and I would say, Hey John, um, you know, I saw that you were looking at our profile and what we do with, with restaurants. Um, you know, can we, can we talk about that? Almost everybody met with me. Um, and I, and it was, I'd never had anything that got me in the door like that. So yeah. I ended up, I was going to go to my business partner and say, all right, here's this great plan. It's going to be awesome. He can pay for it. You know, I go to, I go to Fiverr. I found somebody for $3 and 33 cents an hour. I got ready to present it to him. And then I was like, am I really going to ask him for $3? How embarrassing. Um, You know, junior co-founder, here I come. Like I'm going to ask him to pay for my $3 system. And it was one hour a week. It was all I needed from a VA to do this. Um, And so I ended up taking that big, bold step of courage. You know, I was a 22, 23 year old um, and I paid for my own LinkedIn guru kid to, to yeah. go through the database for me. And, you know, I, I felt like, you know, Richard Branson, um, yeah. you know, at this point, investing my three bucks in this guy, uh, giving him my asset, right? My LinkedIn profile. Oh, man, heaven forbid something goes wrong in my LinkedIn profile. You know, my whole life will right. shatter if I lose this super awesome profile that nobody knows about. Yeah. Um, point being all right your system is uh i've been very impressed with what we've learned and our team's been very impressed with what you're doing um you know we're gearing up to to work with cold click as well and start integrating your stuff with what we're doing at first class business i've known you for a while now we've been kicking your tires um you know checking out the car seeing how things go um we're, we're really happy with the relationship how it's unfolded and the mutual respect that exists i want to know from you for our audience What's your vision for entrepreneurs that as far as working with cold click, what is it that you want them to learn? What is it that you want them to be able to achieve with, uh, you know, what, what gets, what, what makes you excited for them? More than, more than anything else. I think when it, when you start talking about what I want for these entrepreneurs is I want them to understand that no is not an option anymore. Um, no, I tell people it just means not right now. And as a, as a young entrepreneur, 
scared of strangers, we're still fearing that no word, right? And we're also fearing it in ourselves and a lack of confidence saying, hey, I don't know if I can make this work. I don't know if I can make this happen. There may not be enough times in the day. And I want to point out something to you earlier that, that you had mentioned about the automation side of it. Automation does not mean dehumanization. It just means that you're allowing something to do a repetitive process for you that you would normally do on your own or could potentially do on your own. And that's where the automation comes in. It doesn't mean dehumanization. And you have to be human in this whole process. So entrepreneurs, tons of great ideas. And there's millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of great entrepreneurs in this world. And they don't ever get past that first step because they always fear what they don't know. And that's where I will tell them that be afraid, but also embrace it because there's people, there's processes, there's services out there for lack of a better way of putting it that can help you attain and reach your goal. Just as like you did with, with your stuff where you're like, Hey, for $3 and 35 cents for an hour, uh, I could really get some automation here. Well, your automation at that point was a human. So guess what? Now, if you take that automation, like people are trying to do right now with things like chat GPT, they're not dehumanizing it. They're basically going in and saying, Hey, I need to, to speed this process up get from point A to point, whatever faster. And then I'm going to go in and I'm going to put the human touch on them. What, what I would say, my voice, if you will. And that's where I think most entrepreneurs need that encouragement. They need that support. They need to know that they can go find somebody to help them and support them throughout all that they're doing. Even if it is going back to what I was mentioning earlier, uh, a coach, uh, you know, whatever the case might be, you have automation that's there. Coaches don't come in without a game plan. That is a form of automation, guys. It's a playbook, right? That's their, yep. their automation. Everybody's got to learn it. So if you if everybody's clicking, then everybody then everything is good. So I love that. So then let's go in and talk about some of the goods, the bads, and the uglies of LinkedIn and automation. I, I call oh. LinkedIn a spam jungle. Um, yes. you know I, I have a lot of fun picking on the platform. Um, you know, I feel like they've done a lot of things wrong. I think a lot of that has to do with being bought by Microsoft. And I know that Bill Gates favorite customers, according to him, are the ones who hate the most on the platform, yeah. right? Because he knows they're not hating. They're trying to ask sharply for the system to improve, um, yeah. right? And it would be fantastic if we if we did see LinkedIn. Improve. One of the one of the big improvements on the good side that they recently made, at least from my profile, is I now have the ability to finally schedule my posts. Yeah, that was freaking annoying. You know, I, I don't have time to be on social media during the day. I'm, I'm interacting with real human beings during the day. Right. Yeah. So if I get a creative vibe, it's usually something that comes at a very awkward hour. Nobody's going to see it. It's not going to help anybody. And it's going to make me look unbalanced. Right. To people wow. who have limited perspective on what yeah. what balance happens to be. So I, they call, I call those shower thoughts. Those are shower thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's that's some of the good, you know, that exists. Um, you know, question for the audience. If you had if there was a child, you know, or somebody that you didn't know and you were at the Grand Canyon and they were walking towards a cliff blindfolded, what would you do? Stop them. <laughs> I would. Yell, I'd stop them. You might yell at them. That's yeah. right. Like, it yeah. might not be calm. It might be like, holy crap. Well, that's a stranger. Yeah. You know, that that's a stranger. And you happen to be saving their life 
in that instance. Correct. Now, you know, some people can't catch the vision of how an, an automation tool or a business thing associates with saving a life, but I can. Yeah. I absolutely see it. I see the value of what you're doing. That People are losing their hopes and dreams right now economically. Um, yeah. COVID has crushed businesses. But even before that, the pain and suffering that exists in this world because of the lack of success that people have due to their lack of coaching, their lack of strategic providers, their lack of systems, uh, I can't tolerate it. I'm not yeah. willing to tolerate it. So you'll notice at the bottom, we've got a thread going down there. LinkedIn done wrong is killing your business. If you have LinkedIn not going correctly, it is killing your business. And sure. it is. authentic automation is not an oxymoron. Nope. It's more like the holy grail. So those are the things that we want to talk about. Good, bad, ugly of LinkedIn. Art, where do you want to take it from here? I'm going to take, I'm going to first share a slide with you guys. This is from a normal presentation that I do. So bear with me one second here. I'm going to share my screen. While um, you're doing that, while you're sharing yeah. the screen, um, I was looking up an old, mm, I don't want to call him a colleague because I only, I went to dinner with him once. Okay. He was the parent dealer um, for home security systems for a sub dealer I worked with in San Antonio. And he okay. came to visit us because the sub dealer that I was helping with growth became his number one sub dealer um, for the month and for a couple of weeks in a row uh, after we got some things rolling. So this guy came and met us. Um, funny personality, of course, anybody running companies at that large, uh, you know, has has a thing or two up their sleeve regarding success. Well, he was facing an FTC charge at the time um, okay. and he was talking us through that a little bit. And I was like, man, like that's some some big stuff. Again, I don't I don't know who the wolves are and who the sheeps are. Um, I don't I don't want to call anybody out. It just is what it is. Um, and I looked him up the other day, uh, like yesterday again, and uh, I saw that he lost he lost his um, he lost his fight, and his fight was over cold calling and calling the do not contact list. Gotcha. Okay? He faced an eight million dollar fine. Doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't. But it surprises a lot of people on the audience, right? Facing it. What what caught my attention in this article is like, oh man, like that that's probably not good. Two things: because of the funds that he had, he only paid eighty eight thousand dollars. Got it. I'm looking at that, going like, how do you how do you escape an eight million dollar fine on a second? How do you get away with that? How do you get away with that one exactly? Right. Oh, exactly. uh, I'm looking at that and thinking, huh? You know, there's some loopholes to learn about here. Um, but it too, I was awesome. So I'm like perplexed, you know, and just flabbergasted at this. And, and then number two, I noticed he's a CEO of a solar company now. Um, okay. you know, and I'm like, I, I thought he might be in prison or something. I had no idea, you know, what, what the situation could be, but you know, what it really, what it really opened my eyes to as well was like, okay, yes. When we, when we're utilizing these resources and we're doing the best that we can to learn how to use them in ethical fashions, you do risk being shut down by a number of different entities. You can have your Facebook account banned for almost you know nothing these days because they're trying to protect the business owners too um, right. from themselves. They're trying to protect bank accounts. There's a lot of systems. You can lose your any rhyme or reason. It doesn't mean you're a criminal mastermind. But I was looking at that and thinking, wow, if this guy can survive an $8 million fine from the federal government and yeah. find a way quickly to have bounced back and found a business like you know, if you lose or get your LinkedIn account banned or something because X, Y, or Z happens, don't panic. Don't freak out. Don't give up. Right. Follow up, follow through, get back on the horse, you know, keep riding. I see so many people 
give up and fold the cards. And I just, I don't ever want to be that guy who gives up and folds the cards because I made a mistake in life. Um, so good, bad, and ugly. All right, let's see it. Here's, here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. I, my, my screen's not sharing. I think you guys have, might have to a, disable or a, enable it, but I can tell you what the good, the bad, and the ugly are here. Okay. The good, the good with LinkedIn is that look at it as a giant networking room. Okay. You're going to walk into this networking room and everybody's there to engage. Everybody's there to see if there's opportunity for business, whether it's you buying their product or service, vice versa, collaboration, you name it, right? Uh, B2B, B2C, B2 everything, right? That's the way I like to look at it. But it's this giant room. And how you figure out where you need to be is using the search criteria. And the demographic information on LinkedIn is phenomenal, remember, okay? You're going to be able to find that breakout room where your people are going to be, as I like to call it, okay? So that's the good with LinkedIn. It also puts everybody in one spot at your fingertips. That's the other good about it. You know, billion plus people on the platform now all across the world, you know, doing what they need to do to try to, you know, earn business from there. Here's the bad. Everybody's trying to use it, okay? Yeah, everybody. And that's, and that's fine. But you, for those of you that, you know, have watched Groundhog Day, you, you, you can be Ned Ryerson if you want to in that giant networking room and run around handing out your business card to everybody, right? I'll, I'll sell you this. I'll sell you this. Just buy, 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 buy. You can do that if you want to. You're not going to be successful because nobody wants a stack of business cards. What they want are people that are true, genuine, and authentic that, are, that care about them first, okay? So when I go through and I tell people, you need to design messaging that is more about them than it is about you so that you can build that relationship, it would be the equivalent of walking into, again, I'm gonna use a proverbial metaphor of a bar, and saying, look, I'm gonna find my future soulmate out of all these people. Do you think my future soulmate's gonna to wanna to hear about me first? Or do you think they're gonna to wanna to tell me about themselves and feel like they're heard and feel like they're understood and feel like they're appreciated? And that's the concept. And know that you care. And know that I care, exactly, right? So that's the, the good, the bad, here's the ugly. The ugly is that um, LinkedIn has a lot of limitations and there really is one concept that you have to remember if you don't want to get in trouble on LinkedIn, if the automation that you're using, again, you're not dehumanizing it, but you're maybe using some automation that's in there, can be, cannot be done at the same rate that a normal human being could do it, then it's going too fast and you will get in trouble, okay? What I mean by that, I'm going to use your example that you had earlier. You would go in and you would open somebody's profile, visit that restaurant owner's profile, close it, go to the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. Are you going to sit there eight to 12 hours straight doing nothing but that every single day over your normal human being would lose their mind, right? Mm -hmm. So again, if you're going to use automation, make sure that you're using good automation that has regulations in there that allow you to be true, to be genuine, be authentic. Thank you. Um, appreciate the, the quote there. At the well bottom. Said. You, you have to be that way. And it's got to be done at a pace that a normal human being can do. Here's the key. Okay. And this is another great thing about LinkedIn. Traditional advertising talks about click-through rates all the time, right? And let's talk about that real fast. An impression is you see that advertisement, right? You see it on your screen and you just see it there. You, nothing else happens. You see it, it registers something in the background that's considered to be an impression. They put it in front of you. That's the equivalent of you sending your connection request message to a stranger. Okay. So you're on LinkedIn now. You've mm -hmm. identified this target demographic and you say, hey, I want to impress myself upon them. I'm going to invite them to connect. 
So I'm going to send them a connection request on LinkedIn. That's an impression. You can only do about 100 to maybe 300 of those a week on LinkedIn nowadays. Okay. Here's the big difference though. You could send out tens of thousands, if not millions of impressions with advertisements, right? And right. you're really trying to get people to do what's called click through. They're trying, you're trying to get them to click on the ad, go visit the ad, give information, inf information like email addresses, phone numbers, other ways that you can get to them, if you will. You want those click through rates, right? Traditional advertising campaigns, less than 1% of the people that are impressed upon actually click through. And you could do millions of them, okay? That's, again, it's huge. However, on LinkedIn, 25 to 30% will click through and become a connection of yours, where now you have access to email addresses, phone numbers, you name it, all the demographic information on their profile, where they went to school, you know, what awards they have, all these talking points or what I like to call relatability. You did this earlier, Jackson. You asked me to explain these things back here. There's a reason why I have them here. It's relatability. It makes me a human being. It makes me, it gives me something to talk about, right? Every, right. Link, every LinkedIn profile has relatability on it that you can find as somebody that's truly and honestly and genuinely trying to know who this person is that is a stranger to you now. They're telling you things that you can relate to. And whether it's you guys went to the same school, whether it's you grew up in the same community, whether it's they live there now, whether they work for a company that you work there's tons of relatability there. And that's what strikes up conversation. <laughs> so when I send a message to someone for one of my clients that's, that is truly and genuinely about that person they're trying to get in touch with, it says, hey, Jackson, thanks for connecting with me. I noticed that you are part of this particular group or organization. I am too. I have a firm belief that, that, that what they're doing is meaningful in this world. I was hoping you and I could continue that conversation off of LinkedIn, get to better know each other, see how we can help out. All of a sudden now, it's you going back to your restaurant example. Hey, I'm calling to talk to Art, business owner that owns this restaurant. I noticed he was looking at my profile on LinkedIn. Can I talk to him? Sure, let me grab him for you. Yeah. That's the relatability factor. People don't understand that, but that you can do that all day long on LinkedIn. So click through rate again, get them to connect with you because 98% of people that connect with you do not disconnect from you. No matter, even if you've made them mad, even if right. you've sent them 10 messages and said, Hey, I want to, I want to get to know you. I want to, want to earn your business. They still don't disconnect from you. It's to be fair. LinkedIn makes it very hard to disconnect from they people. Do. Yeah, they <laughs> so do. it is a, but that is a, that is a value, right? That is an advantage, yeah. right? To those who, you know, are a bit more pushy, um, you know, yeah. with, with how we, we insist on providing value. And again, if you've got somebody that if you truly believe somebody's running towards a cliff with their life, then by all means, run and tackle them, um, right. you know, like save them from themselves in those scenarios. And I know that's hard with so many people out there utilizing these tactics to manipulate, right, to be inauthentic, to be disingenuous, yep. to bring partial truth only to then turn around and, you know, ultimately hurt you and your business. I'm glad you brought up this connection rate. That is one of the things that is, ah, it's just, it's beautiful to know about. And it's also so important to be wary of is that yes, the traditional advertising means of 1% connection, click through rate, right? Yep. Compared yep. to what you said, I've seen most automation campaigns, people are lucky to get a three to 5% click through rate. Um, but there are powerful campaigns that can stretch from 25 to 40%. Uh, yeah. you know, click through rates and response rates depends on how your profile set up. I've also noticed that um, in some different testing we've done with, you know, being parts of different companies, 
some of the companies that are very heavy on uh, making fast offers and talking, you know, like, oh, we can make you this much money this fast, blah, blah, yeah. blah. They get phenomenal response rates from a percentage standpoint, but the quality of response is awful. The right. people, right? The, uh, the get rich quickers are the yeah. ones that are, that are falling victim of that because they have their own addiction to wanting to win fast. Well, let's, let's rewind real quick. When a business becomes so powerful in terms of their attraction and their messaging and their offers that they can convert a 1% click through rate because they inspire and because they build irresistible offers and because they meet people where they're at and they don't need a whole threshold of people to talk. They just need a few people because they're so valuable. There's extreme virtue in building your business to where you can convert the 1% and your formula, right? Combining that with, if I can get my business attractive to the 1%, how much more attractive will my business be? I don't know if I lost you there, Jackson. I don't know if that was you or me. There we go. Bridging the gap. The water project's awesome. Also, Art is very into sustainable farming. Um, we had a good conversation about that. We got one minute, brother. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that one on hold. No, I'm gonna I get let it. the audience connect to you on that one. Um, and you know, I'm looking forward to the day where, you know, who knows whether it's a year out from now um, or six months out from now or longer that we start planning something, some type of cool charity or promotional event that we do to to do something cool for sustainable farming for some community in need. I think it would be awesome. And thank you for sharing your vision. Art, where should people be connecting with you? What events do you have coming up that they should be aware yeah, of? Absolutely. So you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm Art Hoffman in Link Advisors on LinkedIn. You can track me down there. And I suggest that you do reach out. Um, you can reach me also at Arthur at InLinkAdvisors.com or info at InLinkAdvisors.com. You can find us at cold-click.com. That's our website. Perfect. Ideally, if you feel like doing the old human thing and calling me or us here at the office, go for it. 602-609-6445. Reach out to us that way. We we still talk to human beings, I promise. Um, I was going to say, I dare y'all to be human and call a human on the phone. That would be the coolest thing ever. You would be the most courageous person that yep. we've met on a, a through a podcast episode. Uh, that's what Todd Herman of Laserway did when he found out about video power. He called us yeah. right away. That's what powerful leaders do. They reach out without fear to the other lions that exist out there because at the end of the day, we're all lions, part of different prides and lions don't need other lions, right? Exactly. So you've, uh, you've got the ability to hang out, but I highly recommend giving it a try. Give him a call. I, I, I'm waiting for the phone to ring, guys. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, all right. Great to have you, man. Thanks so much for being here. Man, and Vision Pros, you. go out there, build your visions. We appreciate you. If we can do anything for you, don't hesitate to reach out. Everybody take care. Have a fantastic day. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. We optimize them as the months go by. This is going to get more and more fun. Um, We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for, uh, for giving us your time and attention.